0: Hi, everyone. I'm Annika, and this is the Tried and Truth podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. So glad all of you are here today. We are all in for a treat today because we are sitting down with the amazing Brooke Schultz, who is a family photographer. She's a podcaster. She's a writer. She's had her work featured in all kinds of places like Oprah and Martha Stewart, and she is helping us just figure out how can we unleash more creativity and our creative selves and just in our everyday lives. This is part of the work that she does and just helping creators live these wildly creative lives um, through her work and through her podcast. And so she is sharing some of those insights today. So you're in for a treat today as you'll begin just thinking about how might I be able to live a little bit more outside of the box in all aspects of my life, whether it's in your professional work, your creative work, or the work that you do right where you are. So without further ado, listen in.
1: All right, Brooke, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Annika. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am most
0: excited because I feel like I live my life in a box sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people like you live outside of this box. And it just makes me want to have a, a more exciting and fun and colorful life. <laughs> so I'm just oh. Excited to have you on and just to you know inspire not only just me, but a lot of our listeners today, too, and just help us figure out how do we unleash more of the creativity that we were born to to have and to be part of in our lives. So, I'd love just to start by you just sharing a little bit about what you do and your story. How did you get to where you are today? <laughs> Tell us all about you.
1: Thank you. Well, again, thank you so much for having me. It's such a treat and I love talking about creativity with all kinds of people because there's kind of two camps of people, people who naturally identify as creative and then people who don't, but the truth is that we're all creative. And like you were said, you said, we were, we are all born to be creative. And if you think back to your experiences as a kid, you were constantly creating, whether it was like mud pies from the garden or like, Flowers that you bring, or just painting. Like kids have creativity just oozing out of them constantly. But somewhere along the way, we get told, like, that this is for a select few. And so that was my story as a kid. Like, I was constantly creating. I was holed up in my room, writing my own novels, like, writing lists of color names, like Razzle Dazzle, (laughs) Raspberry, like, just crazy. I mean, whatever I could get my hands on to make, I would just. I was a constant maker and I was a singer and just loved all things creative. But um, like many of us, I got the message that I was smart and talented, which was very well meaning, but it kept me from trying things. It kept me from failing. And my sincerest wish for everybody now that I have a little more experience under my belt is to get some failure. And like, everybody's like, I wish you well, I wish you success. And I'm like, no, I wish you failure (laughs) because (laughs) that is really what is holding us back. Like when I talk to people about, well, why, why don't you tap into that creative part of you? Why aren't you going after your creative projects? The number one thing that comes up is fear of failure. And the beautiful thing about getting some failure is that you can realize that you can handle it. And so back to kind of my story i was always creative was a singer just had um different mediums and outlets for creativity and um came to i was going to be i was all set to be a music education high school choir teacher um and then i started a photography business kind of on the in the course of things um i'm someone who loves to have like tons of projects going on and so that was one of my many projects and um just fell in love with photography and then started um doing work educating other photographers in what you're saying about thinking outside the box and really tapping into what it is that they wanted to create rather than what the industry was dictating. And um then now I help other people tap into creativity photographers and um folks in other mediums and through my podcast just help people make creativity, a bigger part of their lives, whether it's in a formal creative project or a creative niche or just in life, because like you said, we're all like, we could all use a little more like thinking outside the box, coloring outside the lines, no matter what, what your job is or what your, um, your medium is.
0: I love that. I just, I feel like one of the things I just love so much about what you do and just your approach to photography is you catch life in its moments and you don't make life fit the box. It's like letting the joy of life. And that's so much of, you know, from all the photos that I've seen of of the work that you've done. I just love that. I think that we're all trying to create the perfect image for the perfect thing. And so much of the beauty is just in the moments. It's in these, I don't know. It's just like when we're real, (laughs) when we're real in those moments. And I love that even just like you let life, Pivot, right? Like you let life pivot and and see what the next step was. And I, I think far too often we feel like we have to have this one plan and this one track, and we miss out on on so much along the way. You know, I remember about I'd say about five years ago, I went to a big seminar and this guy was on stage talking about our creative self and how we lose it over the years. And he says, you know, if you ask a three-year-old who in the room knows how to paint and who could be an artist, like everybody raised their hand. You ask a kindergartner, you know, who in here knows how to draw and paint? Everybody raises their hand. He said, then you start asking first grade, third grade, eighth grade, you know, and he said, before you know it, the only people that raise their hand would be the people who like, that is all they do <laughs> because no one else believes, right? That their creativity Is good enough, or their art looks like the way that art should be expressed from the only image that they've seen from maybe somebody else creating it. And so it's so interesting how we suppress our creativity based on comparison and we lose that confidence in our creative self, even though creativity looks different for everybody. So I just, I love like the work that you do and the podcast that you have and just helping people. Revive that part of them that helps them just to feel alive again, and takes just some of the stress out of life and brings the beauty back into it. So I love that.
1: Yeah, I love that. 100. And I, I wish you all could see me. I was just nodding my head, vigorously like, <laughs> <laughs> nodding to everything because it's so, it's so key. And I think a lot of times, as high achieving people and women especially, we get this idea in our minds that it does have to be perfect, and then we start to put all these pressures on it. And no wonder we're not feeling creative because creativity by its nature is a question mark. It's explorative. It's, it's all that uncertainty dance that we get to do in the creative process. So a kind of hack that I like to think of for myself is to imagine my creativity as a playground and just imagine it as completely separate from my regular life and just see and experiment with how much I can sort of remove those expectations and that demand for perfection to see like, how can I just make this the most fun thing right now for however long I'm spending on it? And a lot of times we think that creativity is frivolous or it's just extra or like that's cute for people who don't have stuff to get done. But studies actually show that creative people are happier. They're more energized. Mm -hmm. They have all of these very studied and concrete benefits. So what I would encourage everybody to do is to... if. You're worried about, like, okay, I want to start this thing or I want to pick up a creative hobby that I've had in the past, but I'm just really not that good at it. And I mean, there's, if you look at, you know, creators in whatever medium you're looking at, I mean, of course, there's an endless buffet of creators that are at a level that you're not at. And so that can be really discouraging and you kind of quit before you start. But the thing I would encourage everybody to do is to just tell yourself for a little while, this doesn't have to be good. It just has to be good for me.
0: Mm, That's good. That's really good. So you are really busy. You have a lot going on and you're naturally creative, right? Like in all forms. And so how do you still, like, what are some ways that you stay inspired? Like, Mm. how do you not let the busyness of life just drown out trying new things?
1: Yeah, I think this is huge. And my biggest secret honestly is rest. I find that (laughs) I want to put parameters on my rest. I want to like sneaky, get a rest while I'm like sort of achieving something in the process. Like I'm like, Oh, I'm going to I've read these studies about procrastination and how procrastination is actually so good for us sometimes that we can get way more accomplished if we procrastinate. So I'm going to purposely procrastinate this thing so that I can actually get a good idea at the very last second. And when I am able to drop all of those like sneaky kind of backdoor expectations on my rest, on my relaxation, on my recuperation, then I find that that power of a hundred percent being a hundred percent in being a hundred percent in on my rest on my time that I'm not creating Mm -hmm. and then being a hundred percent in on my time that I am creating instead of when you have sort of one foot in both worlds and you're like half checking email half scrolling Instagram half like trying to write a blog post trying to do whatever while you're multitasking then it just becomes this low hum in the background of your life, like that you're not doing the right thing, that you should be doing something else or that you should be different than you are. And when you're able to really drop into creative presence and presence in your life, in whatever sphere, you'll be so shocked at how it blends together. And I mean, forgive if that's like not If it's kind of a pie in the sky answer, but it really is so key to be able to give yourself a hundred percent rest. I
0: think that's so good. As you're talking, I'm thinking about just like this visual of we create boundaries in our life, almost with like pencil and then the busyness of it, you know, rubs the pencil and it kind of fades away and it erases it a little bit and, and we lose sight of, where those boundaries even were and so yeah it's like you kind of got to get a sharpie out (laughs) get the sharpie out in your life and and put those really firm boundaries that are permanent and like this is my rest and this is my time to do what i'm in this moment to do whether that's being with your kids or working on work (laughs) whatever that might be so i love that i was just thinking about really that visual in my mind of we have really um scuffed up pencil written boundaries in our life that Mm just kind of fade naturally with time. And I think that's just so important, I think, to create those resets in our life and really assess why am I not 100% and why am I not my best self, whether that's in this area of work, in my hobbies, in my work, with my family, and maybe rechecking, like where are those boundary lines fading a little bit? You've had a, a lot of people on your podcast that are really creative people. And I'd love to know if you've had like one or two just, stories or maybe takeaways that you learned having other people on your show that have really just sparked a chord within your life and your work?
1: Yeah. The biggest thing by far, there's one pattern that I have noticed with every single successful person that I've interviewed, or whether it's like a biography that I'm reading or just successful people that I've been able to uh, be up close and personal with. And it is this, a bias toward action. Mm -hmm. And for us as like, kind of perfectionist and high achieving people who like try things because we know we suspect that we'll be good at it um in 7th grade i quit the basketball team because i wasn't as good as the other girls and like honestly i didn't like how i looked in the uniform and though i think we all have those type of stories where we just quit before we start because we're afraid of whatever whatever it is but every successful person that I've talked to has a bias toward action and does not wait until they figured it all out before they start or before they really ramp up. Tina Fey has this, um, this story about how she got on Saturday Night Live and um, they asked her to be on and she had no, idea. I mean, she was just like terrified out of her mind, but she said yes. And then she figured it out later. And so that became her mantra say yes, and you'll figure it out later. And that has become one that has, served me really well. Say yes, and I'll figure it out later.
0: It's a really good reminder. I feel like this year I've tried to have a bias towards more yeses, but also like the power of no. In order to be able to say yes, right, you've got to say no to other things in life that just aren't creating value or, or serving you all. And so how do you create that space for those those yeses? Because I think we all have those stories. Like you said, it's crazy how something back in seventh grade, I think is what you said, like the, we can remember that far back. And think of times where it's like created these habits in our minds or these ways of thinking in our mind. And so I've never been skiing. I lived in Colorado for a while and I never just, my family didn't grow up skiing. We lived in Texas, it's hot and we just could never really afford to go do a big ski trip. And so, um, you know, I, I want to ski, but I'm so scared just knowing that I'm going to fall and fail And so I told my husband last year, I mean, obviously this year kind of got put everything a year ahead, but I'm going to push it one more year out, but it's like, I'm just going to go. I know I'm going to be terrible and I know I'm going to hate it, but I just feel like it's something that you should just say yes to. It's part of experiencing things, you know, with your kids, but it's like something that I've always said no to just because I didn't want to fall when everybody else, you know, out on the slopes is (laughs) pro and they've been doing it their whole life and I'm, you know, in my, you know, mid thirties going to a ski lesson and it's like, it's okay. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. But in our mind, we think that everybody cares, you know, how the, how the basketball uniform looks, right. Or like how, how we fall and you know, how coordinated we are. And, and the truth is like, everybody's just in their own life and their own minds and nobody cares. So say, yes, I love that. Just say more yeses to things in life and just see where it takes you. I always feel like the only thing that can happen when you fail is like you launch your life from it or you learn from it. And so, you know, in Tina Fey's example, right, she's either going to learn like this is what I should have done or like she launched a whole huge career out of it.
1: Yeah, a whole career. And the thing too about like the power of no that you mentioned, which I'm so glad you did, is that we need to learn to trust ourselves and to flex that muscle of intuition that, you know, what's a yes, like for you skiing is like, it's calling to you. It's a yes, even though you have this, no, that like, you know, when you say no, that you're betraying the yes in a small way, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. that. And so each of you that's listening has some creative inkling, or inspiration or project on your heart. And maybe it's a book, maybe it's just that you want to take up painting to relax at night, whatever it is, you know what it is. And nobody, the beauty of it is that nobody can tell you what it is. And nobody can tell you that you can't do it or that you're not good enough or whatever. And the beauty of it is that when you follow that even in some small way even if it's just even if the only action step you take after listening to this is reordering some supplies on amazon to get back into painting when you say yes in those small ways the synchronicities and the like the way that the world will conspire to help you in that creative project will astound you because creative creative impulses are the most human impulses I can think of. Even just our ability to create life and our desire to create families and to create a legacy and to create work for ourselves. Like when you start to think of everything as creativity, you'll start to see how everything is conspiring to help you in this. And you'll start to see possibility everywhere. And when you see that possibility and you harness that in some small way, whether it's, you know, we're not saying like, you have to quit your job and go like be a comedian like Tina Fey. But when you give yourself that like 1% more of whatever it is, then you will find that it becomes a beautiful, addictive, upward spiral.
0: (laughs) That's really good. Thinking about something you said to it earlier in the the episode, just about like if if we don't know if it's gonna be perfect, we don't even try. And then to what you just said right now, it's like just go buy the paintbrushes. Like just because you order paint paintbrushes on Amazon doesn't mean that you have to sell your work. It <laughs> Doesn't mean that you gotta go put it in an art gallery. Like it's a form of of therapy. It's like you don't have to be an amazing photographer to go just out and observe nature and just start taking some pictures with your iPhone. It's like just embrace the world around you and it doesn't have to turn into a business. <laughs> you know, I think there is so much pressure like you said that I think people think creativity is a waste of time. If I give myself the time to go paint or just to strum on my guitar or to play a little bit of music or to write poetry, it's a waste of time. And what I'm hearing you saying is like, no, that's what's actually feeding your soul. <laughs>
1: yeah. 100%. And in our culture right now, we're very productivity obsessed. And it makes sense, right? Because we have access to more finished creative work than ever before at the scroll of a button. Um, but so that makes it hard for us to assign the rightful value to all of the behind the scenes that we don't get to see. And so all that's the other aspect of successful people. The other common thread that I've noticed from interviews on my show is that it's exactly what you're saying. When they started, they didn't know where it was going. They didn't have this grand, like 10, 20, 50 year plan of like, I'm going to do X, Y, Z and make X amount of dollars and make X amount of impact. It was that they were curious about something or that they just met somebody that was interesting and Talk to them about something they were doing. And then that sparks something else. And when you think about creativity as this, like Chase Jarvis says, creativity is not a map, it's a compass. It's just an arrow pointing you, go that way. It's not this like step by step detailed plan. And when you think about it too, that would take all the fun out of it. Like if you knew exactly every step and you just had to follow formula by formula. It would be so boring. That would not that we would not actually want that. Even though that would save us all of the like blood, sweat, and tears, heartache of the creative roller coaster. But if you think about it as an actual roller coaster, a, an up only roller coaster is not only impossible; it's not fun. Like the fun of the roller coaster is the twists, the turns, the dips, the upside down part where you're like, "I'm upside down. I have no idea what's going to happen next." But then you slide out of that and it's that dance and that motion and that forward momentum that is really the fun of creativity it's not the finished product we so often think if i could just make this this photo or this piece of creative work or like have that podcast that's so successful whatever it is that you want in your creativity you think it's that end result but it really is the process of who you become along the way of trying all those things and like iterating and just experiencing all of it and every point along the way.
0: I've never heard of the roller coaster analogy and I absolutely love that. I hate roller coasters, but I love the analogy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love yeah. the analog- yeah. it's, it's so true. Like that's the thrill of the roller coaster is the ride itself. It's not, you know, when you coast in at the very end. It's, you know, looking back on all that fun and all that thrill that I think came in the process. I just finished. I don't know if you've heard of the book of joy and it took me a lot longer than I thought to, to read. It was just a season of life, but I just finished it. And there was a, a quote in it. They were talking about, I think it said it was like a Tibetan prayer or something. And I may be misquoting this, but it was a really amazing image. And it was talking about how when spring blooms, when you have a place that's got like a lot of valleys and mountains, the flowers begin to bloom in the valley. They don't start from the top of the mountain. It's like they start at the bottom of the valley to go up. And it's kind of that same concept. And I just, I thought that was like so wonderful because I just feel like we're all looking for these peak moments. And if every day's not a peak moment, we just feel like we're a failure. We're a failure. Mm-hmm. And there's something that happens in the beauty of the valleys and the twists and the turns. And it's this journey. So for people that maybe have like a very straightforward job, <laughs> for the people that have, you know, everything is is black and white and this or that, and this is the goal and these are the numbers, what just tips or ideas do you have to just help them think of things a little bit different or to not let them like lose that, that part of themselves that is free and that isn't so just so like straightforward and formal and official like any tips that you have just to help us soften our edges a little bit and in, in what we do
1: yes i love this one thing that can really help is crafting an alter ego so i kind of alluded to this earlier that i feel like i have sort of an alter ego in my creative pursuits that i'm the most like sparkly and glittery and like colorful person in that world and in that world i'm free to explore ideas and mediums and just ways of being that I am not in my regular life, which is a mom of four kids. I have a special needs kiddo and a baby. Like it's a lot of heavy caregiving. And so I'm, you know, a a ton of your listeners are probably in that same scenario where they have a ton on their plate. And again, they feel like creativity is sort of extra and frivolous, but if you can, if you can let yourself if it's, if the idea of creating an alter ego is helpful to you, then you can even give that person a name. Um, You can give like yourself a little token of something like for a, a while, when I was trying to break through some barriers that I felt in my, in my photo work, in my photo sessions, I was finding that I was, I was planning really well for the photo sessions. I was really excited, but then when I would get there, I would kind of throw my ideas out the window and like go back to my safe self. And so I created this, alter ego. That was like a combo of all of my idols, all of my mentors and like every, every powerful, amazing, creative woman that I wanted to be. And I had this bracelet that I would put on every time I'd walk into a photo session and embodying that like alternate, alternate persona Um, like, you know, Beyonce has Sasha Fierce, like lots of creative people do this and um, high performing athletes. They've done studies that show that this, this works. So if you're finding yourself really blocked, this can be a great way to break through. And eventually I found that I didn't need the bracelet anymore. I didn't need that persona anymore because she was me. Like I was embodying her more. Um, So that can be a really great, just a really great fun exercise to try on.
0: Even just like that visual cue while you're rewiring your brain and getting more comfortable in it, it's almost like the training wheels. It kind of gives you mm-hmm. those training exactly. wheels to just not forget. Like, this is what I wanted to try. If you don't try it now, when are you going to try it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you 100%. work with a lot of your um, clients on, on their like photography, you know, a lot of them I'm sure have kind of gone into it knowing one way to do it. And this is the formal way and the proper way. How do you help them to just think different? And think outside the box and retrain their brain.
1: It really is about going back to your own story. Mm. Um, Especially with anything that is creative. Brene Brown says creativity is meaning making. And I love that. That's one of my favorite definitions of creativity is just meaning making. And when you go back and sort of trace back what is your story meaning for family photographers that I work with? It's like, why do you want to photograph families in the first place? What's the deal here? Why why are you interested in this? So for family photographers, we talk about what's your story of family? What's what does it mean to be a mom in your world? And how is that born of your experience in your family of origin? How is that uh, informed by your experience now? If you are a mother yourself, and so for any creative um, any creative medium, it can be the same idea of Why are you drawn to this? And you can, and if you don't come up with an answer right away, that's okay. And just keep, just do it. Don't worry about if you don't come up with an answer right away, the most important thing in creativity is to just do the work. Um, There's a great book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's kind of like a creator's Bible. And he talks about the resistance that we get to creativity a lot of times And that we have an idea and then for whatever reason, we just drop it or don't follow through on it or aren't moving forward in the way that we wish we were. And with all of that resistance, the biggest thing is just, again, that bias toward action, just going for it and just not questioning it. And so really just taking that as your guide, if it helps you to kind of self analyze and, and go back through your story and maybe why you're drawn to this medium or what you want to create, and that can help you think differently, then that's a great access point. But if you feel like, gosh, it's all been said before, it's all been done before. Who am I? Why am I even bothering? Like people should just go read Brene Brown or Liz Gilbert. Like, why would I even bother to write this book? the best way to combat that is not by like having this big old plan and this big old, like, here's why I want to write in like a manifesto, but to actually just write the book because in the process, it's only through the process of making that we discover what it is. That's unique about us and our creative, our creations. It's not through this like big cerebral overthinking that we tend to be so good at. And think is so important. Like we think the planning and the like manifesto and the philosophy behind it is, is the part we think that's where we're going to be thinking differently, but I would say it's really acting differently. And you, as you go, you won't think it's unique. You will be like, I am just copying my heroes. I am just like a, the poor man's Liz Gilbert. I am just the knockoff version of this amazing mentor that I love so much. And you will think it's not unique. Until you do it five hundred more times, and then you become this yummy soup and like a conglomeration of all your heroes combined with your own individual unique flavor that only you can bring that you didn't even know was there.
0: Yeah, I think just that bias towards towards action, I think, is something that I find so many people just struggle with. It's like, I don't want to do unless it's guaranteed that I'm going to succeed at it. And it kind of goes back to how we started our conversation, which is really around this fear of of failure. And I always think about like the people that have been so inspiring are the people that took the risks and why are their stories so impactful and why do we remember them and why do we resonate with them? It's because they had a hiccup in the road to get to where they are. It wasn't just like the doors opened and they were who they are today.
1: a hundred percent. And this whole idea is, is so fascinating to us, to me, because we want this upward only trajectory. We want to like have the call of creativity. I had this fantasy when I was 10 years old that I was going to get discovered by a a music producer. And so I'd walk down the street singing, like just in case case. producers were like hanging out on the street corner as they do waiting for 10 year old girls to like serenade them and like give them a record deal. And I, my big fantasy was that not only would i get discovered by this fantasy record producer i don't know who it was but i would also be the first singer and the most famous singer to never have had formal singing lessons and so this fantasy in my mind was so ingrained of like it needs to be innate talent it needs to not take a lot of work and it needs to have zero failure it needs to be this cinderella rags to riches story but that story is actually not interesting like if it's if the hero's journey, this archetypal um, journey in storytelling that's in pretty much every amazing book and story that we love in across cultures. Like you're saying, there's failure in every single one. Stories are not interesting unless there are bumps in the road. And so it's so funny that we just think like, okay, I'm not even going to embark on that journey unless there is no, there are no bumps and no failures. But The best stories have it, not only archetypal stories, but if you think about like even just the stories that you love to tell with your friends and family, it's the ones where it's like you got stuck in the snow and you just were like, and this crazy thing happened. And then you ran out of gas and then like all these things that we become so unwilling to actually live life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think people are drawn to creativity because like you said, it makes us feel alive and it helps us make meaning out of this whole like mess that is living. <laughs> but mm-hmm. when we become unwilling to even live, that you have no creative wells to draw from.
0: Like just take that, that next that next step, whether it's order the paint, sign up for the paint class, go take a baking class, like pull out something and just start, you know, sketching. I feel like once upon a time, right in the world of like gel pens and oh yeah, Lisa Frank, it's like yes. you want to have like every milk pen that was out on the market. And mm-hmm. if you got a pack of a hundred, you were the cool kid in school. And, you know, like those days where you wrote handwritten letters and all in the margin was all decorated and you would spend your whole class where you're supposed to be learning, like writing a letter to a friend And, you know, it's like, just pull out some gel pens again, (laughs) just start doodling again, like just let your mind go there. And I just find that like the more that you step down that path back to what you just said, I think the more we discover what we want to do more of, but also what we want to do less of, like we thought this was going to be really great, but actually this opened the door for me to meet someone else in this class or me to meet someone else doing this or me to start following someone that introduce me to something else and it's like the world begins to just open and broaden and this lid we have on our lives just begins to get unscrewed and we just start flying a little bit and it's just beautiful. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Um a couple years ago I was I had photographed a maternity session for this mom and her, and her family and her little boy. And then, um, she had the baby and I was back in town. Um, she didn't live where I lived. And so I was like, we need to do a newborn session. Let's do a newborn session. She was like, oh, we kind of just did a maternity session. Like maybe we should wait for a little while. We almost didn't do the session. We, I photographed it. And, um, two weeks later, her baby died unexpectedly. And of course, that's every parent's worst nightmare. I mean, it was just the heartbreak and anguish. I can't we don't even have time to say all of that all of those feelings. But when we were photographing together, neither of us had any idea that that was going to happen. And so, in some of those photos, she looks tired and she looks like a new mom looks, and it's all the feelings of that experience itself. And the reason I share that is because in that moment of creation, I had no idea and she had no idea how much this would mean mm-hmm. and how, how impactful those photos would be for the rest of her life and the rest of her family's life. And I would be lying if I didn't say that there were, are times when I looked back on those photos and I thought, are these good enough to, to hold that weight You know, of, of a little life and that little time that you have with somebody? And so this is the dichotomy of creativity that you're saying is that it's simultaneously the most important thing in the world. It's simultaneously so, so, so important and and impactful, not just for the ripple effect that your creativity will have that you don't even, you, you can't even foresee, but also at the same time, it doesn't matter at all. And it's just paint. (laughs) like the stakes are very low. And so if we can remind ourselves and hold those two opposites with a little more grace and a little more compassion with ourselves, like make like just, it makes sense that you're scared that you don't want to fail because maybe the stakes have been higher in other areas of your life, but it's just paint. It's just a photo. It's just a moment in time. And as you follow that, those breadcrumbs, there will be those moments that shock you with how, how impactful and incredible and beautiful this journey can be. Like if I, I just can't even imagine if I hadn't pushed her to do that shoot, you know, and whether, no matter what your medium, you're going to have those experiences in your creativity, whether you have a business, whether you have X number of followers, it doesn't matter that impact. And that ripple effect is, is, still going to happen either way. And the question is, are you going to say yes to that invitation?
0: That's so good. How do we create moments for ourselves and for others not worrying about what the outcome is, but just worrying about leaning into that and what would happen if we didn't? So I love that. Well, this has been really insightful and really helpful. And I'm just so grateful that you're here. And one of the questions I love to ask um, all of the guests on our show is just what does success look like to you? you know, you've been able to do a lot of things and explore a lot of different areas and you're still creating and launching and all kinds of amazing things, which I definitely want you to share here in a bit. But um, I'd love just to kind of wrap our time up together with just a question of like, when you look back on your life, not just now, but 10, 20, 30, 50 years down the road, what are you going to say is like a life well lived and a life well loved?
1: Yeah, I love this question. Um, I think a lot of us either ask this question too much or not enough. <laughs> I yeah. definitely want to ask this question too much, but what it comes down to for me is that a life well-lived and that, that ultimate picture of success for me is a life on my terms and a life without regret is really a life that responds to the desires in me that mm-hmm. I didn't choose or create. I mean, just yesterday I was crying. My husband, like, why did I, why have I been given all these big desires? This is just too much. I'm overwhelmed, whatever. But the truth is that I would, ra- I would so much rather have that dance and that journey of going after my dreams, my desires, simultaneously fulfilling all my other caregiving responsibilities with my family and everything else that's on my plate than sit back and be on the sidelines of my own life. So that's really my definition of success is playing full out, playing it brave instead of playing it safe.
0: That's beautiful. Don't sit on sidelines, get in the game, <laughs> be in the game of your life. And, you know, I always just try to remind myself, like if you have a dream or a desire in your heart, I think just for anyone who's listening, just because you have it and it's not exactly going to play out the way you think it's going to play out or this season, it may not Look exactly like you thought it was going to be. Don't let that desire lie dormant. <laughs> Continue to water it. It might be in small little appetizer micro bite kind of ways. But don't let that desire die out, especially if it's something that is grand and impactful and beautiful you've been given and and that desire has been placed within you for a reason. And I just I feel like it's a disservice to ourselves to just say what well, it, it can't play out and it can't happen the way I think it's supposed to happen right now. And so I'm just going to forget it and, and let go of that. It's like, no, don't let it go. Don't let it go. Cause it might be 30 years down the road, that desire that you had planted, you've been, you know, watering or keeping those seeds in your back pocket. And it's, it's that chapter's the time for those things to, to play out and, and to grow. So I love that. Well, where can people find you? Tell us what you have coming up, what you've got going on and where people can follow your work and keep along with all the awesome things that you're doing.
1: Oh, thank you so much. This has been just a, a treat and a pleasure. Uh, you are an amazing host and you hold such beautiful energy. So I'm grateful to have been a part of that. Um, everyone can find me at brookbschultz.com. There's a lot of letters in there. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's Brooke with an E, the letter B and then S-C-H-U-L-T-Z brookbschultz.com. You can snag my six hacks for skyrocketing creativity, even if you're super busy right there. It's a, a little audio, a little audio training for everybody, um, right there. And then you can, um, Find my podcast, which is the Heartful Podcast, um, just tips for living a wildly creative life in every in every sphere, um, uh, anywhere that you get your podcasts. And I, I'm at Brookby Schultz on Instagram.
0: Awesome. Well, I will also include all of those in the show notes. And thank you for being you. Thank you for unleashing your creativity into the world and just leaving such an impact and inspiring so many other people. Well, what a great conversation with Brooke today. I know I had so many little nuggets of insight and wisdom from our conversation and hope you did too. But in case you missed any of them, here are today's truths and takeaways. Number one, get some failure under your belt. Number two, think about what it is that you want to do and create versus what everyone else is telling you to do and create. Number three, don't suppress your creativity based on comparison. Number four, imagine your creativity as a playground. Just make it fun. Number five, creative people are happier and more energized. And guess what? You are creative, so figure out what your creative outlet is. It doesn't have to be good, it just has to be good for you. Number six, drop in to presence. Be 100% where you are and rest when you can. Number seven, be biased towards action. Number eight, let creativity be a compass. Be curious, say small yeses, and see what it sparks. And number nine, it's about the process, not the end goal. Enjoy the thrill of the roller coaster. Well, thanks for tuning in today's episode. I want to just wrap it all up with this last little snippet. If you've got desires just lurking within you for, for something, whether that's a creative something or an idea or something you'd love to do at some point in your life, don't let those desires fade out keep them watered even if it's in small ways Um, they've been placed there for a reason and they'll play themselves out the way they're supposed to play out when they're meant to play out but don't let them die keep them watered and keep them alive within you and they will bloom and thrive and express themselves at the moment that they're supposed to in the mighty ways that uh, you've been put on this earth to express them. So thanks for tuning in today's episode. Thanks for sticking around. And thanks for spending this time with me today. If you haven't already, would love for you to take a quick second to leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, so much more to come. And until next time.